podcast tonight. I'm your host, Kirk Space. Are you saved today? Do you consider yourself a born-again Christian? Do you say you're religious? Are you questioning the Bible or even God's existence? If so, I want to have a conversation with you. There's a lot of people in the church today that are claiming to be Christians, and they have no fruit and no signs of actually being a born-again Christian. So I want to hear your story, and I want to hear your experience, and I want to line it up with the Word of God and and see where people are at these days. You can reach me at rustpodcast at proton.me. That's rustpodcast at proton.me. This first episode um, is going to be my testimony. I was up in Grand Island, New York, uh, which is the Buffalo Niagara Falls area. About two or three weeks ago, there was a meeting uh, at Cross River Tabernacle, which is pastored by Mike Chory. Uh, Donnie Swaggart was in for the weekend from Sun Life Broadcasting Network, and we go up there for every meeting that SBN has up there. Well, Pastor Mike has a radio broadcast on the weekends uh, called Last Trump Radio, and then the second half is called Cross-Eyed Radio. And Pastor Mike invited me on to Cross-Eyed Radio to kind of tell my testimony and my encounter um, and, and what transpired in my life leading up to when I met the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we touched a lot on my background and some of the paranormal and occult things that I experienced. And then we, we kind of got into our beliefs, um, the message of the cross. We, there was a heavy focus on the message of the cross and some of the problems that we're seeing in the church today. So there's a lot more legs to my testimony that maybe we'll get into at some other point. Uh, But this is a great introduction into this podcast and a little bit about myself. So without any more delay, I hope you enjoy my testimony. Praise the Lord and may God get all of the glory. Welcome to Crossside Radio. Kirk Space, he's been uh, on before on Crossside, and Kirk, it's great to have you back. Pastor Mike, thanks. You know, we've been talking about actually being here in studio, and here we are, finally. It's amazing. Thanks for having me. Well, we talk so much on the phone by texting, we might as well do it on radio. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from, and how... Did you get involved with Jimmy Swaggart Ministries, and you're here to hear Brother Donnie? Yeah. And you're here every time we have someone or a meeting, you come out mm-hmm. and you bring Jared and Adam. Uh, and I want to say these these young men are a blessing to me personally. But anyhow, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I uh, I found you guys through SBN, and uh, I, you know, I'm blessed to have come in on the right message from from the get go, and. Uh, it's only been about March will be four years I've been saved, and I got saved from a guy at work who Adam who gave me the gospel in the truck, and wow. he turned me on to SBN, and you know the rest is history. But uh, I'm just a guy, single dad out here driving a truck for the living for the Lord, and 
trying to reach people across central Pennsylvania. And tell everybody where's home for you, Kirk. Uh, home is Mifflinville, Pennsylvania. I grew up in Mountaintop, Pennsylvania, which is actually where Jared lives now. So you're about four hours, three hours from here? From our hotel in Niagara Falls to my house is four hours and 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we are separated by a little bit of distance, but not separated at all uh, by his Holy Spirit. We've been brought together through this message of the cross. Yep. And I want to people to know, uh, Kirk, how you got saved. And then I want to get into the delivering power of the message of the cross. But tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got saved. Yeah, sure. So um, I was never uh, a religious or a Christian person ever. Um, I did Sunday school as a kid here and there. Um, my mom kind of drove it into our heads that she wanted us to go to church, but she didn't really push the issue that much. It was just something that we should do, and we did it. And I went through confirmation, and after confirmation, I guess at what, maybe 12, 13 years old, that was that was the extent of my upbringing in, in any I mean, I didn't even know the extent of the importance of Christ. I mean, I just thought he was a guy that died, and everybody in the church thought he was a good guy, and I, I didn't know anything. Yeah. You know, so as I got older, I, I took an interest into uh, being a musician. I, I picked up lead guitar, and I became very good at it. And I started bands playing uh, lead guitar and metal bands, specifically death metal bands, and these bands were uh, extremely blasphemous. Um, I can remember as a teenager buying albums. Man, thinking back now, like how how stupid I was. Mm. Um, mm. These bands had uh, blasphemous imagery on their album covers and in in the lyrics. And I I went and bought some of these CDs and I left them on my kitchen table at home. And I would go out with my friends for the night. And my mom would call me asking if I'm like worshiping satan in the woods because she saw these cds that i had laying on the on the table and it scared her she was worried and, you know i didn't believe in any of these things that these bands were preaching or singing or uh, i just liked that image and i thought it was cool i liked the sound of it um what were some of the bands that you would have give a couple examples would it be alice cooper or no Led Zeppelin? Uh, like these are uh these are uh dying fetus cannibal corpse Wow, um, so really raunchy. Deicide. I mean, these yeah. guys have embedded upside-down crosses in their foreheads that are permanent. Uh, the fretboards on their guitars, are, the inlays are upside-down crosses. They're, mm. it, it's it's satanic. Yeah. 100%. Okay. And uh, I never believed, you know, I didn't, I didn't like, you know, I didn't necessarily uh, believe in God or the devil. I just liked the image. You know, I would wear shirts that had an upside-down cross on them, and it said, I'm the Antichrist, and I'd be playing it at shows. And, you know, I, I blew up. You know, my band was the biggest band for death metal in our area, and I was signed, sponsored, and I had endorsements from major guitar companies and amplification companies, and we we toured up and down Pennsylvania and, and some of the East Coast, and, like, that's what I did, you know, and... So that imagery was embedded in me from the start, and my friends and I, we took an interest into ghost hunting at probably my late teens, 16 and onward. Ghost hunting. Ghost what is, hunting. What is that? Yeah, so um, we found this website online called The Shadowlands, and you pick the state you live in, and then you pick the town you live in, and they give you a list on this website of every uh reported haunting 
in your area. And you could go check it out and see if you find ghosts. You know, we called it ghost hunting. Wow. So we knew off a of hand from, you know, the town we grew up in that there were a couple spots that had urban legends or myths surrounding these areas. And we thought, well, it would be cool to go check it out. Let's, you know, let's go see if we could find anything spooky. So that's what we did. And there were three specific uh, incidences that drastically changed my life um, in in these ghost hunting scenarios. Um we ended up going to an abandoned insane asylum in Scranton, Pennsylvania that had a horrible story attached to it. There was um, thousands, I, I, my, I don't know if it was thousands, but it was definitely hundreds of people that have died of a fire, and they all had tuberculosis, and the whole place was burnt to the ground, and everybody just kind of vanished. They left everything, and we thought, what's... Well, Let's go check this place out, you know, and on this website that we were looking at, on specific spots, it had warnings on them, like explore at your own risk, maybe violent, maybe so on and so forth, you know, go at your own risk. Mm. And we didn't believe in uh, demons or devils or nothing. We just thought, you know, maybe there's going to be ghosts of dead people. We didn't know. So you're really walking into this just for fun. For fun. Yeah. For a thrill. Yeah. And you're you're dabbling into the occult without yep. even realizing, without even knowing it. Wow! Yeah, even in the music we're listening to, right? You know, it's playing in your headphones, it's playing in the car, you're playing it at the show, and it's Satan twenty four seven. You know, so he's he's basically playing you for a fool. Absolutely, he, he makes you think it's just fun and games, but he's yeah. playing. He's going for your soul, absolutely, and to pull you into hell forever. Yep, he's playing for keeps. Right, and I, I had no idea. So this one night uh, at my apartment, we had a couple friends over, and we were talking about this place, and we had some girls over, and they asked, do you want to go check out West Mountain Sanitarium? And we said, well, we never went there. We heard it was dangerous or violent, so we never went. And they said, oh, no, you should really check it out. We've been there. It's cool. You know, let's go. So they talked us into it, and we went, and uh, we didn't see anything. We just It was a cool place to see because there was a lot of history there. And we were able to walk through all of these burnt down buildings. It was incredible to see because there were literally still bed frames there from the 1920s when this fire happened. And mm-hmm. they just like it's just everybody just disappeared and left it, you know. So it was just it was an incredible thing to see. And it was part of our, our local history. So we didn't experience anything. So we ended up going back there like five, six, seven times because we never experienced anything. Well, there was one night and this was the the defining moment in my life where things changed um we got we got to this uh first building there and we get out and now back then i was very outlandish and outgoing and i was the loud mouth and the leader of the pack and i get out of the car and we we walk up behind this building and it was open run down uh there's it's in the middle of the woods this whole place and I took my, I had a Wendy's cup in my cup holder of my car, and I took it and I threw it inside this building. I said, what's up, sanitarium? We're here. Well, you could hear a pin drop, and all of a sudden you hear like this. It gives me goosebumps to think about it, but it was like uh, a growl of something that I didn't even think was possible. And it there was wow. an explosion that went off that sounded like something had picked this building up and dropped it. That's how loud it was. And it scared the crap out of us. So we run back to the car 
Everybody gets in the back seat, and me and another girl get in the driver's seat because she was so terrified she didn't know what seat to get in. I have the keys, and I'm trying to start the car, and I'm shaking, and I'm fumbling the keys, and I can't get in. And uh, I finally get the keys in, and I turn the light the car on, and I look ahead in front of my headlights, and I say to everybody, don't look forward, whatever you do. What does everybody do? They look forward. Well, in front of the car, Mike, I'm not lying. There was probably an 8 to 10 foot tall black solid shadow figure that mm -hmm. was just a mass. There was mm -hmm. no details. There was no nothing. It was just, you tell it had arms, legs, a head, and it stood there staring at me, and it pointed. And I had to back out because this was a one-way that had a cliff on the left and a mountain on the right. So I had to drive backwards. I'm driving backwards, and this thing just pointed at me the whole way. And everybody else, it, I'll bring this up later mm -hmm. after I get saved because I ended up all those people that were in the car with me. Yeah, I stopped talking to them for years, and I didn't call them until after I got saved mm -hmm. to tell them I, I found Jesus, right? And these people right. were from years ago. And I asked them if they remember what they saw in the car that night. None of them saw the same thing I did. Every one of them said they just saw what looked like a ball of light that was floating. I was the only one that saw a specific object of what looked like an apparition. Yeah. You know, so it scared the crap out of us. And so we you went, saw a demon. I saw a demon. Saw it. Yeah, it manifested in yeah. front of me. And right. after that, uh, it attached itself to me. And for years, probably at least 15 years, I experienced so much demonic torment in my life. Um, I thought mm. the houses I lived in were haunted. I thought there were just ghosts of dead people that might have lived there. I went so far as to do research and history on previous tenants that lived in apartments I lived in and to find out if anybody died there, to find out if maybe their spirit is still lingering. I didn't know. You know, I had mm. ghost hunting groups come in and do investigations, and they were terrified because they have this technology that can channel white noise and pick up voices from the spirit realm. Mm. And these things will answer you and they'll talk to you. And it said there were six demons in my apartment vocally. Yeah. And yeah. It, it scared the crap out of everybody. We used to say, um, we, we used to say when we were at uh, running Josh Revolution conferences that there would be, there, there could be kids that came or uh, people that came that definitely were influenced mm -hmm. by the demonic world and yeah. it's real it is and um and and we we don't share these things tonight to bring fear because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world Amen. right so the the big thing that we want to say tonight is jesus allowed that in your life to get you to a place to realize that the spirit world is real mm -hmm. and only Jesus can set the captive free right. of that. Yeah. And it got, uh, it got worse progressively. Um, cause Satan doesn't let up. I mean, he'll, he's going for keeps and he's going to do with, uh, what, what he, what he can to, to get you to, um, you know, fold. And so much. how did it turn for you, uh, Kirk, because I know uh, uh, we could talk a lot more about the things that you mm. experienced in the demonic world, but we'll right. leave it just there. Yep. How did the Lord deliver you? Because you had opened the door, mm -hmm. and now they're attached themselves. They're they're harassing you. They're 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 
showing up in your house and that, but what was the the turning point when you found the Lord and was delivered of this? So my life had culminated to a point where um, things were getting so bad. I was dabbling in um, prescription pills pretty bad. I was working at a bar under the table. I had a lot of cash, and things were just messy. My life was a mess, and the Lord had orchestrated all these things to get me to a point where he needed to get me. And uh, some things happened with uh, my friends and my job, and I packed my life into a U-Haul. I was living in Scranton, Pennsylvania in 2018. I packed my whole apartment into U-Haul and moved back to my parents and started over with nothing. All I had was my car and my personal belongings, which most of them I sold. And I uh, I started over. I got a, a real job on the books and um, started fresh. And, you know, some more things happened. I lost that job, and I started going and just trying to make it, you know, and start fresh. And uh, what happened was I ended up meeting a girl, uh, got her pregnant, and I had a child coming, and I needed a job. And this girl had lived uh, nowhere near where I was from, so I was looking for a job and a place to live nowhere near I ever would have thought I ever would have lived. You know, the, the Lord was allowing this to get me to where I needed to be. And I get this job interview for the, uh, this linen company driving a truck in central Pennsylvania. At the time, I was living at my parents. This This company was an hour or so more away from where my parents were living. So I ended up getting that job, which led me to get a, my own apartment closer to Central PA. Uh, all these pieces are starting to fall into place, right? Now I'm at this job for two months, and I get put on a new route, and there isn't one person in my company, driver-wise, who knows the Thursday of my route except for Adam. And you know Adam. He yeah. comes to church with us, right? And Adam's been there for 15 years. Well, he's the only guy there that knows this Thursday. Now, tell me God doesn't know this, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, we didn't touch on any of the conspiracy theory stuff, but it's it's irrelevant uh, mm-hmm. at this point. But me and Adam get in the truck together, and we realize that we have a lot of things in common in regards to the knowledge on the occult and all this stuff. So we're sharing mm-hmm. stories and knowledge and Adam gives me the gospel, and I wasn't against it. Um, I just didn't know anything. So I didn't shoot it down. I asked him questions that I just, you know, thought I should ask, and he he answered them, and I was like, well, that's interesting. So he told me, I'm going to put a thumb drive together with a bunch of content for you to check out with testimonies and e-books and Bibles and all sorts of stuff. And he said, if you get through this thumb drive, uh, it's going to change your life. And I said, all right, I'll take a look at it. I trust you. I said, I'll put a thumb drive together, too, for you of all my stuff about how aliens are real. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he said, okay, well, you can. I'll look at it. So he does this, and we switch content. And uh, Jared, me and Jared have been best friends since first grade. Mm -hmm. And we kind of went through the same paths of uh, conspiracy theory and occult stuff and, you know, the research together. And I told him what Adam had given me at work, and I said, we should check this out. And there was one video specifically uh, from an ex-Satanist who was at the highest levels, and he did a four-hour video exposing uh, the Satanic Brotherhood, the Freemasons, all the way from the top, and he dated it back to Tubal Cain in the Bible. Hmm. 
halfway through this video, I say to Jared, like, that's real heavy. <laughs> like, I'm, we're yeah. sweating. Yeah. And I said, I think maybe we should buy a Bible because it seems like everything's pointing to the Word of God. You know, we're looking for the truth, and I think it's staring us right in the face. Hmm. And he said, I think you're right. So we finished that video and went on Amazon that night and ordered King James Bibles. Hmm. Well, then Satan took the gloves off, man, because he knew we were close to finding the answer. And he didn't want to let go because he was so embedded in me, invested in me with all this demonic stuff I experienced. And all of that paranormal stuff amplified for that month that I was investigating the gospel times 10. Like I was having sleep paralysis. I was having outer body experiences when I was asleep. Uh, there was a demon coming into my bedroom that would paralyze me. And it would feel like this thing would whip me around my room. And I was useless. I had trying, a, trying to keep you from making the decision. It might have been, you know, like spiritually, yeah, that was the, the battle was getting yeah, stronger right. because he knew he was losing. Right. He was about to lose you. You're listening to Cross-Eyed Radio, and we're talking about how the Lord can change even the, a life that is so embedded in the opposite direction. And we're going to come back with more of Kirk's testimony and how Jesus Christ, through his blood, set him free. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. You're listening to Cross-Eyed Radio. Kirk, you and the, your friends, you've been to Joshua Revolution. Um, what would you say to those thinking about going? Well, I actually, I haven't been there yet, but Jared, Jared has yeah, been oh, there okay. last year. Yeah. And, uh, he said it was incredible. It was, he went by himself because me and Adam worked in the service industry in the truck and we couldn't, it's the week of Christmas. It was a blackout week for us to take off, but Adam and Jared will be there this year. And unfortunately I have to miss it again. I this always year, thought but, you've been. So you, it's really been the meetings here. Yeah. Here. I haven't missed one here from SBN. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and since and, I've been saved, what do you think of the meetings tonight with Donnie and last night? Whew, man, oh, it's incredible. It's been great. Every, it, it never lets he never lets us down. The Lord always comes through, and he it's really just does. like you could you could cut the spirit with a knife. It's so so empowering. Like it's, I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you that altar call tonight with yeah. people coming to be filled with the spirit. And that young girl who got filled yeah. and the worship from the JR band. It just all of it. The songs mm -hmm. that were picked and Brother Donnie's anointed message. Last night, tonight, um, we want you there. Come on out tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., and then tomorrow, 6.30. It's going to be interesting. Tomorrow, Brother Di is going to be teaching, and he'll be speaking about the situation in Israel uh, tomorrow night at 6.30, right here at Cross River Tabernacle, or uh, come for the service tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And we're getting back to your testimony. So continue on how the Lord delivered you it was getting very intense right you're just a few days or so away from accepting christ right. and the enemy's not happy yeah i only uh probably investigated the gospel from when i uh from when adam gave it to me till i got saved maybe a month okay and i knew within a week or two this is this is it this is what i need to do and uh I drug my feet and I was fighting uh, family members because I was telling them what I'm learning, and uh, they didn't they didn't want to hear it. And yeah. but I knew, you know. Um, so I'm experiencing all this demonic torment and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. I'm not sleeping in my bed anymore. I'm not getting any sleep at all. And I drive a truck, hmm. like I'm sleeping on my couch with SBN playing. I don't I don't know what to do other than get saved because that's the only thing there is to do at this point. And the night before I got saved, 
I had a, a dream that I missed the rapture. Mm-hmm. And I was in a town uh, that I was close to living in where I'm at now. And it was, uh, there were demons in the streets. It was literal hell on earth. Hell had, had come to, to here where we, where we're at. And we were taking cover inside of this building and we didn't want to leave. And in my dream, I had a conversation with my dad on the phone about this being, we missed the rapture. Uh, we got to go through this and we need to get saved and all this stuff. And in that dream, uh, Moloch, manifested and revealed himself to me as the demon that's been tormenting me the last 15 years of my life. Hmm. And he was killing people in my dream. And he said, you're next, you're mine, and I'm not letting you go. And he lifted me up off the ground like I just levitated off the ground in my dream. And he sucked me towards him, and it felt like there was a hot fire poker stuck in my lower back. And I woke up and I was in tears, panicked. And I said, if I don't give my heart to the Lord, I'm not going to make it. Glory to God. I went to work the next day and I told Adam what happened. And uh, he said, you you better make a decision. Right. And you better do it quick. And so I went home and I sat in my recliner for a couple hours by myself, nothing on, just thinking about it. I need to do this. This is it. And I couldn't because I knew I had to end my relationship with my girlfriend. I had to let go of everything. Mm. You know, it's a complete surrender. Right. And I knew it, but I also knew where I was going if I didn't. And, uh, I gave in, I cried out to the Lord. I confessed my sin. I repented. Wow. And immediately Mike, the only thing I could tell people is it felt like I either stuck my finger in an electrical socket and got zapped or I was like inside a walk-in cooler and my body was just like convulsing and shaking. And it just, it was the Holy Spirit coming into me and it mm. just, I was reborn at the snap of a finger and everything changed. Like it's that fast. Mm-hmm. It's that fast. It's immediate. And like I had peace immediately. Unbelievable Hallelujah. peace. I mean, I used to be in the prescription drugs. Mm. Doesn't even come close. There is no feeling that anything in this world can give you compared to what the Holy Spirit does. Amen. And for a month straight, I was on cloud nine. Mm. Like that new believer, you know, transformation. It was unbelievable. And my heart was radically changed. Everything changed. And all of those demonic experiences and attacks, they, they went away. I never experienced anything ever again. I was delivered immediately. And that's what this gospel does, Kirk. It not only saves us from hell, it delivers us from the power of the enemy harassing and tormenting. I mean, you know, one of the things that um, God used you in, this might be another broadcast, but when you brought out the whole thing with me about unforgiveness, when we don't forgive others, um, we're given over by God to the tormentors. Right. And, and, and how important forgiveness is. And that the day that you received the forgiveness that Jesus was offering you by what he did on Calvary, it brought the Holy Spirit in and the power of God 
the darkness could not handle it. The Bible says right. the, the, the darkness cannot comprehend the light. And what that means is the light is more powerful than the darkness. If you go into a dark room and you turn on the light, the darkness vanishes. Yep. But you, so the only way for darkness to overcome light is you got to turn the light turn on. Turn the light on. So the light is yeah. greater and that's what mm-hmm. you experience. Jesus yeah. is the light. It was the most, uh, and it, you know, my life changed after that. And it was, uh, everybody's like, you're, you're not even close to the same person. And my girlfriend was like, you, like, I'm happy for you. She said, like, you, you're not tired. You, you know, you're not falling asleep in the chair at random times. And you, you're draining, like, you're, you actually seem happy. And I was. And you know, a lot of things changed, but, uh, knowing what I know, like, there's no way I could ever turn my back on the Lord after, what I experienced and how he delivered me from, from all of it, you know, it was just, it's unbelievable. And, and now as you have become a Christian, you connected with SBN sunlight broadcasting network. And now with our ministry on this message of the cross, how has God opened up that message to you and, and taught you how to walk in the victory that Christ gives you? It's, uh, you know, when I first got saved, I was, you know, I was uh, watching SBN. So I was hearing the message of the cross from when I first started investigating the gospel. And I knew after I got saved, I said, okay, now I really need to learn this message of the cross and like what this is all about. And I was thinking of it, it's like some other thing that I, I needed to learn about when in reality was that, you know, it was just believing what I had already just done right. and, and stay in there. And I didn't know that in the beginning, you know, you know, we're, we're new believers and it, you know, you have to, you have to walk out your faith and it just slowly, but surely by, by listening and studying and coming to meetings up here, you know, it just became more clear and more clear and more clear that I don't want to, I can't do anything for any of this. I just have to believe and keep my faith anchored what delivered me in my recliner that night and stay there and Amen. not leave. And I, I say this to, to Jared all the time, like you have no idea how lucky we are and blessed mm. that we came in on this message because right. the state of the church today is in very, very, very bad shape. And mm. to see, uh, we were just talking about it after service tonight, like I couldn't even imagine being a Christian that's non-Pentecostal to me, that's foreign, Mm. you know, but it's, it's feels like we're the minority today. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's crazy. It really is. Yeah. It's been watered down so much. And, and, you know, I was thinking about Luke nine 23, listening to you. It says, Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him first deny himself and take up the cross daily and follow me. And for Kirk, those that are out there that are struggling and, and, and it could be someone that's not even saved. What for you does take up your cross daily mean? You got to die daily. Mm. You're dead. What you want, your, your own strength, your own will, uh, Anything that has to do with what you want, it's got to go away. And it's got to be what God wants first. Amen. Before anything else. 
I, I pray in my car every day going to work because I got a, about a 45-minute drive to work. And every day I tell the Lord, like, I don't want anything to do with myself, Lord. Anything I want, I want, I don't, all I want is what you have for me and what you want for me and your will be done, not my own, because I can't do it. I went 33 years of my life trying to do it and it got me demons. Yeah. So I don't want that anymore. Mm. You know, it's just failure. That's all it is. We can't do it. That's why he had to come to the cross and die for us. And the cross of Calvary, uh, most people look at it for their salvation experience. Oh, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for me. I rose from the dead the third day. I believe that, and that's what saved me. But what we have learned through listening to SBN, which is Sunlight Broadcasting Network, the ministry of Brother Swaggart, and many other ministers that work there in that ministry, is the message of the cross is not something for salvation only. Right. And that's why this verse, pick up your cross daily. We, as you mentioned, you got to die to self. And you also have to believe the new man in you, which is Christ in you. That man, in order for him to be, uh, how do I say it, prominent and growing, you have to keep your faith in the finished work of the cross anchored. Yes. Yep. And many Christians, they, they, they say, well, you got to move on from the cross. We never are right. to move on. Never. Paul said, I determined not to know anything else, but Jesus Christ in him crucified. He said, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. And what we have found uh, and what it took through personal failure for me to find it, to have that old wretched man that I am, is you never move on from the cross. Right. Colossians 2, 6. It works. Just Why you, would you? Why would you? Because right. what you said when you were sitting in that chair and you put your faith, you surrendered. All you simply did was surrender to Jesus and believe what he did for you to save right. you. And it was like, you were hit with a bolt of lightning. Yep. It's that simple. Yeah. Give yourself up. And keep your faith. That's it. In the blood of Jesus. You're listening to Cross-Eyed Radio tonight. Kurt Space is my guest. And we want you tonight, anyone that doesn't know the Lord, to understand the power of God is real. And the power of Satan is real. We, we, we sometimes don't really make that crystal clear. You you can go one of two places tonight. You can be for God, for Jesus, or you can be for the devil. And somebody might say, no, I'm going to stay in the middle. I'm not going to go too crazy for Jesus, and I'm not a Satanist. What, what say you, Kirk, about that? If you're not in it for Jesus, it doesn't matter where you are, because you're going to the same place. So good people right. that try to live a good life but don't know Christ... They're going the same place as the right. those in the sa satanic brotherhood. Right, absolutely, and that's you know it's, it's sad because I know a lot of good people. You know that they, so sad they live good lives. You know they're not bad people. They're not out killing, stealing, doing drugs. You know they're family people. They work. They make a living, and they go home, and that's all they do. But unfortunately, if they don't accept Christ, they're going to hell. And, and let me say, you know, when, when we were, our family, we were a good 
family, but we weren't born again. Right. But when you really look beyond that meaning of good, there were things in our life, my mom, my dad, we were living a selfish life. It, we, we didn't go to church. We got, we got drunk. We did yeah. things, whatever we wanted. Yeah, we, we had a good, uh, we were, we were good to other people. But when it came to the God who created us and his son Jesus who died for us, we gave him no time at all. Absolutely. So how good were we? Right. The hearts of man are desperately wicked. Exactly. It don't matter how good you think you are, we're not good. I mean, what is it, Romans, uh, the entire chapter of Romans 3, if you want to know what God thinks about us? Right. You know? And there are none that seek after God. No. No, not one. Uh, when you look at the modern church today, what do you, what do you see? I mean, you have been connected to Family Worship Center Baton Rouge here, but there are a lot of places and a lot of Christians today that are not living for the Lord. They got one foot in the world, one in the church. Well, here's my struggle with this, Mike. I, I have a hard time, uh, really even calling a lot of these people Christians. Uh, because to me, if you're a Christian, you're a born again believer. Cause that's all I know. I see a lot of lip service to people saying they're Christian. And, you know, uh, there's no fruit in their lives. They're on Facebook spewing nonsense and mm. swearing and uh I'll, I'll just give you this as a brief example uh, i won't use names but um i had to go to a local church in my town for uh a friend's uh brother had a dedication for his newborn at their church and uh it was a non-pentecostal church and the pastor was talking about his new beer fridge that wow. he had separate in his house. And they're all out in the lobby after service debating where we're going to go for lunch. And the pastor and the other guy uh, said they're only going anywhere that ser serves beer. In the church, in the lobby of the right. church, right? five minutes from my house. And I'm thinking, this place is in trouble. Right. All of these places are in trouble because this is the majority of the church today. Mm. And I see it. And when I try to, you know, talk about being a Christian to anybody, they say, you're nuts. Mm. You're crazy. You you went off the deep end. Like, no, I'm just a born again Christian. Like, loves to me, this is normal. Right. I don't know right. any other. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's uh, like I said, it feels like we're the we're the minority here and the modern church today. I wouldn't even call them a church. Mm -hmm. Well, when you go to the parable of the ten virgins, only five were yep. ready. Right. Five were not. That's half the church. Mm -hmm. And and they they had no oil in their lamp. When you said earlier that every every church should be Pentecostal, right, or however you said it. Right. Um, we're not talking about a denomination. We're right. not saying you have to be a Pentecostal denomination. But as whatever you are, you you want to be this, that, or another. But born-again believers need to go on to be filled with the Spirit because the, the flesh is no match for the devil. Right. I need everything God has for me. He said, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Yep. And yet, we got a lot of Christians that want to dabble in alcohol. And that that leads to trouble. That's one of the biggest things I see today. 
uh, in the church is the acceptance of alcohol. And a lot of people just think, well, Jesus turned water into wine so I can drink. They don't even care to do any Greek word studies right. or investigate any of this. Right. Or all the verses in the Bible that outright condemn drinking. Right. They ignore it. They just think, well, Jesus, you know, it's one of the stories they learned in Sunday school. So I was in when I was in Israel, we were in a place called Yad Hashmona, and we went in to have dinner and they served us what they called wine. And it was from the uh, right from the, the, the vine itself. It was grape juice. It was not fermented. It was the most luscious, pure grape juice that I had ever taken. And they said yeah. this is very close to what is believed Christ would have drank and the disciples. And to say that Jesus would turn water into fermented alcohol, wine, that would make one intoxicated right. is, to me, close to blasphemy. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And yet, when you go to Israel and you and you see or you taste pure grape juice right from the fruit of the vine. Right from the vine. Oh, man, it's there's no drink like it. So, yeah, there there is a lot of people that are trying to take a verse to to basically license their sin, Justify right? Justify their sin. Yeah. Yeah, right. And I think I think this subject of alcohol is the greatest indicator of whether somebody's born again or not because mm -hmm. I know a lot of well, not tons, but I know born again people and every one of them is 100% against drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. And if they did drink it or if they struggled with it, they would have conviction and they do. Anybody else that uh, I talk to that is for alcohol, they have no other signs of being a born-again Christian. Right. I think this is one of those uh, topics that is a pretty good indicator that... It's like a litmus test. Yeah, right. That, that there's a good chance they're probably not born again if they're advocating for alcohol. You know, and the Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Right. When you look at how it has destroyed so many people's lives, marriages, families... Why would you, as a believer, want anything to do with that? Why would you want that in your refrigerator? And me and my wife made a determination uh, many years ago that there would be none of that in our home. And all of our kids today are saved and baptized with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. And my son, and, and to my knowledge, our daughters, none of them has even tasted. They don't Good. even know what it tastes Thank like. Thank God. Because... They were saved at a very young age and filled with the Spirit. They don't even desire that. Right. And so for for Christians today to try to make a case for alcohol, you're you're going down a road of that's going to lead you into lukewarmness. Jesus said he's going to spit you out. And today it's are you all in? Are you surrendered? Or are you still trying to dabble right. in well, the world? And I'll tell you why. They try to make a case for it because their pastors telling them it's okay. And most right. people today aren't investigating the word of God on their own. They're taking the man in the pulpit's word for it, no matter where it is. Like we know better, you know, not to just like, I shouldn't trust anything you say. Donnie says, SBN says without going to the word of God and backing Amen. it up for myself. Right. And thinking, are they, okay, this is eternity here. Yeah. Uh, are what they say, is, is this real? Do we got legit? chapter and verse, right. right? Every single debate I ever get in with anybody, I say, give me chapter and verse. Yep. Show it to me in the word of God. And, uh, 
I've said to our church, when you hear something that you haven't heard before from a preacher, you should say, do you have Bible for right. that? Yep. And, and tonight, uh, you know, and I got, I got to say this. I, I heard of a pastor and I won't call his name, but a local pastor that had a Bible study with a group of men and they would come together, study the Bible, and then they would drink wine and play cards, Ugh. play poker. And I thought to myself, you know what? You do not have any understanding of the holiness of God. He said, come out from among them and be separate, be separate. saith the Lord. And you know, when you, what you do with the Holy Spirit is going to determine, because if you reject the power of the Spirit, you're going to, you're, you're basically going to lead into carnality, right. which is fleshly desires. And tonight I want you to know, if you're listening to Cross-Eyed Radio, the message of the cross calls us to lay it all down. Jesus laid down his life for you. And the Bible is clearly saying in in Luke 9.23, Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Tonight, if you're someone that is dabbling in the occult or you've had these thoughts of, you know, I don't even know if God's real. And maybe darkness right now is all over you. I want you to know tonight, Jesus died on the cross for you. He wants to set you free, even as he set Kirk free. Kirk, tonight, take 30 seconds, 60 seconds to minister to that one who is struggling and his life right now is spinning out of control. Uh, it might seem right now to a lot of people that uh, there is no hope. There's uh I'm too bad, I'm not good enough, or you might just think um, Satan's got a hold of you and he's convinced you and lied to you that you're too far into this and there's no getting out. A lot of people think they can sell their souls to the devil. Well, I'm telling you, it's not your soul to sell. God owns your soul. Hmm. And uh, there is hope and there is a way out and there's a light at the end of the tunnel to anybody who's in any of those positions right now. And if you cry out to God and accept what he did at the cross and deny yourself and anything your, anything that has to do with your strength, your will, your power, give it up and give it to God and he will turn your life around. I promise you 100%. Amen. So let's just do that right now, tonight. Anybody that's out there, just right now say to God, oh God, I'm a wretched man. I cannot save myself, and I cannot deliver myself, but I believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross to save my soul. And tonight, I want to give him my life. I want to give him my heart. Tell him right now, Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Deliver me from the darkness. Deliver me from the oppression. Deliver me from every spirit that is not your spirit right now. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. I want to be born again. And I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he's alive. Lord, be alive in me right now. And I ask it. And I receive you, Lord, by faith in Jesus' name right now. Amen. Well, I hope that testimony was a blessing to you guys. And, you know, I still get chills every time I relive that experience in my chair that night when I cried out to the Lord. 
Um, if you guys have any questions about my testimony or my life or anything to do with this podcast or any anything in general, shoot me an email at rustpodcast at proton.me and I hope to hear from you guys soon and I'm looking forward to talking to people within the Christian community and I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care and God bless.